Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. Today, I chat with Dashima, one of Udemy's very first instructors. She teaches yoga, not only online, but also in person to people all around the world. She has an incredible story of how she got into yoga and teaching online, and she shares it coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave a review for this show wherever you listen to it. Now, let's get straight to the interview. All right, everyone, Phil here with Dashima. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. She's a best-selling online instructor teaching yoga on Udemy. That's how I found her. And she has a great website, and she's teaching yoga all over the world. So I'm excited to hear her story. So welcome to the show. And for everyone who doesn't know much about you, can you just tell us a little bit more about your background? Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. My background, let me think how to describe background. <laughs> I, you know, when I was a little girl, I was introduced to traveling and to spirituality. So it was always a part of who I was. And, and it was interesting how my life unfolded to, you know, as it always does, in a miraculous way of sorts that gives you all the the lessons and the challenges and the experiences that make you who you are. And then one day you wake up and you realize, you know, the truth of who you are and you discover your life purpose. That's, I think, kind of what happens to most people. And that's what happened to me. I had a lot of childhood um, challenges. I was raised in foster homes because my parents were um, addicted to drugs and alcohol and they had a lot of issues, like a lot of deep, deep core, core issues. Like my mother lost her mind and became schizophrenic when I was seven. But before seven, she was actually like really cool, like spiritual, like into yoga, like had a garden, you know, like um, organic living. Like she was ahead of the game. Back then, nobody was doing that. And so they all thought she was weird. Like she's like really against like red 40 and all that. And she, and now everybody knows that stuff causes cancer. But back then she was like ahead of it. But whatever, maybe because she was so ahead of it, or maybe it was the peyote and cocaine, but she, like, lost her mind. And it really changed my life at seven and ended up being raised in foster homes and traveling a lot, um, different homes, all over the place. And anyway, so all the experiences that I had after that, it really woke me up. Um, And then I had, I would say my, my big spiritual awakening was when around the age of 20, 22 and everything changed for me when I realized that I had a lot of inner work to do from this early childhood traumas, you know, and I didn't realize the implication of the early life upon who you are and how you're experiencing your like day to day existence. But what really woke me up was when I got hit by a car. I was 18 years old and I was riding my bicycle and a car hit me like T-boned me um, and my car and they were going 45 miles per hour and the bike went flying and. Luckily, I didn't die. I mean, that was like the, the blessing. But I went skidded all over the concrete. You know, it's like one of these six lane highways in Florida. And I remember when I, they took me to the ambulance. Actually, I saw myself. I don't know if I died for a minute, whatever happened. But I saw from above myself, like I was there on the ground and bleeding and stuff. And um, they put me on the stretcher and they took me to the ER. And 
I remember I'm very rebellious. So at the time I was like, I'm fine. Like I was trying to tell them I'm fine, which I don't know why I was doing that. But anyway, later I, I discovered that I had developed scoliosis from that impact and it made me lose the curve in my cervical spine. And the doctors all told me there's nothing you can do about this. They were like, well, you know, like go to chiropractor. They'll probably be able to help you a little bit. So I was going to chiropractor for a few years and it just wasn't getting better fast enough. They were like, oh, it's kind of like getting better. And you see like a little marginal improvement. But basically your cervical spine should have like a curve in it. And that's how your head sits on the top of it. And it gives like the support you need for your head. And mine was going straight instead of the curve. And then the straightening of it actually was starting to curve forward. And this is actually a chronic problem in many people who don't even have car accidents because of the lifestyle of being on mobile phones and computer and everybody's doing this and they're all losing the curve in their spine anyway. They don't even need a car accident. They're just I know. Kidding. I'm trying to like sit up straight as you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing it in the whole world. It's a huge problem and it causes a lot of strain in the upper back and the neck. And that's why people are getting also a lot of the back pain and a lot of the, the problems in that area as well. So there's like many kind of correlative, you know, issues that result from, you know, an imbalanced spine. So anyway, like by the grace of God, at some point I, I went through a depression and then I was led to yoga. You know, it, I, I had already done yoga, like pretty much my whole life a little bit, but it was never like my whole life. Like it was just like the side thing. I was an athlete. I was into bodybuilding and stuff. So I was like not on the yoga path, but I was always a little bit of a yogi, but more like, you know, an athlete. Mm -hmm. And then like yoga, like really started to heal me on a very deep core level, like my energy and my heart and, um, the tr just like all this stuff that had happened, um, started to, to come up and I started to feel inner peace for the first time and all these things. So it was just a miraculous thing. I didn't plan to become a yoga teacher, but I went to this yoga teacher training purely just to get, you know, this inner peace because I found this school called yoga and inner peace. And I was like, I need that. I need some inner peace, you know? And so I went to the yoga teacher training, you know, in search of peace. And it was really miraculous because it was like for the first time I actually found it. And it was, it was, um, life-changing experience just going there and it was a very unique kind of yoga because in, in between every pose you do a five-minute shavasana mm. every pose so you only do like 13 poses for the whole thing not, like 90 minutes you only do 30 and in between every pose you lay down for five minutes just breathing and I was that was not my usual way I was like very like active so it was like forced me to stop forced me to breathe forced me to just let go and I would do this mantra it was like inhale let exhale go and something about just letting go and letting go every day for like 10 weeks. And it just took me to the deepest place of peace that I might have ever experienced. I definitely up until then. And, I, and, and then, and I, even after that, I still wasn't thinking to be a yoga teacher, but it was like, I was so in love with it at that point. I was like, tell everybody about yoga. And then they would want me to teach them. So I started to attract all these students, but it wasn't really necessarily in the beginning my intention to be a yoga teacher. I never saw it as a viable career option okay. because the yoga that I knew weren't really necessarily like successful or anything. They were really good people primarily, but they weren't like what I saw as the epitome of success. So I was like, well, you know, I got to have success. You know, I grew up very poor, so I needed money. But, um, then, you know, as it started to happen and, th and that's how the journey began and then have a whole bunch of stories after that but but that's kind of how it all got started I guess you could say yeah no that I mean that's great and I I do yoga not 
nearly enough. Once a week or so, I'll go to a, a yoga class and Shavasana is always my favorite, but we only do it <laughs> once at the very end. <laughs> so, yeah. so sometimes the style Shivananda, they do it every other pose. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll look that up. So I'm curious, what I mean, you uh, you it was obviously this traumatic event that kind of led you down this path. During that time, after that time, or before that time, what what were you wanting to do with your life? Did you have a plan or any sort of passions that you were trying to, to follow besides yoga? Yeah, it's interesting because even from a very young age, I always had kind of this vision for my life. Like, I, I don't know, I, I had always studied success. Like I was, I've always been a student of like Jim Rohn and Anthony Robbins and like all these success people. So I always saw myself as like a success coach like that. Like somebody who, you know, speaks in front of audiences. I used to see myself um, in a young, when I was a young person, just uh, addressing university audiences and like, you know, inspiring them. Like I actually Mm -hmm. saw myself as a young person, you know, like, rising out of all the challenges that I was currently facing and then actually, you know, inspiring the world. And it, and it was because when I was around 14, I actually joined Toastmasters, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that club mm-hmm. Toastmasters. it teaches you how to give speeches and stuff. And I was really good at it and I loved doing it. And I was like, one day I'm just going to be like a public speaker and an author. And I'm just going to speak to, you know, people and, and make them, you know, change their life just with the words and with my story. And that was what, what I had, like in my heart wanted but when I was trying to figure it out like how to make that kind of of a reality I went through many ideas because in college you know they don't have that as a degree so I I was like maybe I'll be an anthropologist and then I tried that for a semester and then I was like maybe I'll be an accountant and so I like changed my major like 20 times because I was trying to find a major within the university system that like made sense to my soul none of them did and I remember uh one one uh day I was running behind the university and there's like this river and like a trail by the river for running. And I was like, you know, cause I was still trying to figure out what major to do. You know, I had been like changing my major like seven times and it's like, I'm getting close to, you know, my uh, junior year. And I was like, I needed to have one decided on. And, and I was like, I just want to study energy. And it was so funny that that was what I want. Like in my soul was like, I just want to study energy. Like where does energy come from? I want to understand like how to, how to get more energy or like how to control my energy. Cause I had so much energy. I didn't know what to do with it half the time. <laughs> And then I was like, I just want to study energy. But like, there was no energy major. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, the university is very limited. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> so I ended up studying international business and communication. And that ended up to be my degree. But it was a miracle because when I found yoga, I realized that yoga is basically the study of energy. So I ended up finding it, which yeah. was really, wasn't yeah. in the university. I found it. Okay. So you found yoga. You loved it. You got so passionate about it that other people started asking you about it and you maybe start showing them moves and talking about what it's all about. Take me through like, what's the transition from like loving yoga and being a participant to actually being a, an instructor. And, and I'm assuming that you started teaching live classes and your first thing wasn't like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and do online courses or, or was it? Yeah. Well, I've always been an entrepreneur, and even before this uh, business I currently have, which I've had for 12 years, before this I had several businesses, and um, I was always a visionary, like kind of ahead of my time thinking. So even back in like 
2001, I was like really trying to get online and stuff. And like nobody was online. Like hardly anyone used email back then. It was really <laughs> hard. Life was hard, you know, like it was just different. Um, you go to the library, literally, and like look stuff up. It was crazy. And I feel like I'm not that old. And I feel like one of those grandmas talking about back in the day stories. Yeah. Like when I because it was like no one even had a cell phone. I mean, it was so different. And that was college. Um, but anyway, so I was ahead of the, the time, I think, in that way because I was, at the time, I was doing a business and I was trying to, you know, make a website and stuff, you know, like I was really trying to make the, the whole thing online. And so I always had that. And I also actually always had this kind of video component of mm -hmm. myself because when I was a little girl, even in like seventh grade, I took a video production class and like me and my friend walked around the school, like with a big, vi those big video cameras. And like, I was the, the talk show host and he would film me and I would get my friends out of the class and we'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? And then we just like make a show. And that was our class. You know, I was learning how to do videos. So I got, I always learned early that I like to be on camera. I like to be around the camera and that the camera was like my friend. And I think that even came from my childhood. My mom always had a, a good camera and she took pictures of us a lot. She wasn't so into the video, but pictures a lot. So I was always around cameras and I felt comfortable and I felt at home with it. And then later, um, what happened, I, I had this boyfriend my freshman year of college and he was really into cameras and he loved taking pictures of me. Um, he was really into fitness. So he would take pictures of me because he was helping me work on my six pack. So he was trying to make me, you know, and then I, so I was into fitness modeling and I used to do these bikini contests and all this stuff. So anyway, I was always into the camera. And then when I started teaching yoga, um, nobody, you know, this was before YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, cause YouTube launched in 05 and I started teaching. It was like, Oh, four. So it was like, but I, I somehow magnetized and I've always had the, the blessing of this, like this really great business mentor. He was an older man, uh, like a Mark, he was a copyright expert and, um, also a rabbi. So it was like very interesting, but, um, so he was really, you know, good with marketing, online marketing. And he was also a client of mine. Like I found him on Craigslist. I was just advertising like private yoga lessons. And, um, and he called me and he hired me and he, I was teaching him six days a week, private yoga lessons. So I'm here in his office do, you know, doing yoga with this rabbi. And then he, after the sessions, he was so um, generous with his advice. Like he would always give me business advice and mm -hmm. marketing advice. Cause he, you know, he saw that I was like this ambitious entrepreneur kind of person and he, so he started giving me some tips and stuff about the website and like how to get more clients and all these types of things. And one of the things he really emphasized and his uh, belief was that it's really important to lead with video. And this was ahead of the time. And we're talking like, oh, five, mm -hmm. you know. And so, but basically, he had a really great camera. <clears throat> and so he uh, encouraged me to film these videos. Um, and we just went out next to his office in the park. And film these yoga videos. That was my first YouTube videos, and he made he helped me make the channel, and and he, so I didn't know the potential of YouTube because it was new. So I had no idea like, oh, one day this will be billions of people. And that wasn't even an idea. I mean, it was like on YouTube there was probably like a thousand subscribers to the whole YouTube at that <laughs> yeah. time. You know, there was like nobody on there. So I put this video up, and I didn't even look at it again for at least a year. And then when I looked at it. It had almost a hundred thousand views. It was like very interesting because 
nobody was on social media back then. That was before Facebook. Mm -hmm. People were on MySpace, but it was like so weird and annoying MySpace because of all the HTML broken codes that make it really slow to load and everything. So it was like, I don't know, everyone was getting sick of MySpace, but there wasn't really an alternative. But at the time when Facebook first launched, it was mostly known to be like a platform for people like, you know, models and stuff. It was like kind of a niche. And then, and then it became the big thing. But back then, so YouTube was first and I had this YouTube, but I didn't do anything with it. I just had this videos up there. And then that was 06 when I launched my channel on YouTube. And then after a year, I saw that it had all these views and I thought thinking, oh yeah. And he helped me because I put a couple of videos on the, the homepage of my website. Mm -hmm. And that was how, you know, it started because nobody was doing that back then. Like, hi, I'm Dashima, you know, welcome to my page. And, and I was really like making it personal so that people felt me and could really connect through my website. And then that would lead them to want to do lessons with me. And I was just like, became the most popular, most you know, busiest yoga teacher in my, in my area because I had this cutting edge on the technology. And then that was the beginning of how that started. Wow. Yeah. And I see I'm on your YouTube channel and I see like the first video you put was like this yoga for beginners 10 years ago has over 1.7 million views now. And that's just crazy. I mean, that's awesome that you had started so, so long and gave you kind of that advantage of just being on there. But of course, at the time, like you said, you didn't know if it was going to be successful or not. So it was kind of a, a gamble in putting like the time and effort to do it. But it seems like it's definitely paid off for sure. Yeah. YouTube was the best thing for me for the first couple of years, you know, and then it became very unusual what happened with YouTube, with my journey with YouTube, because what happened was, so that was 06. So it was actually 11 years ago, but YouTube calculates time very strange. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just round to the lower number. <laughs> I don't know. But it says 10 years, but it was 11 years ago, that video. Um, but basically, so that was 06. And then <clears throat> I launched the first 30-day um, yoga challenge on YouTube, which was actually, the, it started a trend. I don't know if you've seen the, the, all these yoga challenges, but I was the first person to ever launch any online yoga challenges called 30-day yoga challenge. And I learned about this from that, that marketing um, coach. He, he referred me to this other guy who was an expert teaching people how to build an audience using 30-day challenges online to attract a loyal following and to get people enrolled into whatever it is that you're teaching. And, and you know, he was doing it through marketing. He was doing 30-day marketing challenges and stuff. But it was basically, I was like, I'm going to do a 30-day yoga challenge. So I did 30-day yoga challenge. And I set it up in my living room and I just every day filmed myself and I made the video of the day and I put it online and it was a lot of work because I didn't know anything about really anything back then. But I was like doing it and the audio was really bad and I had like this really crappy camera, but it didn't matter because nobody was doing anything. So it was like still like the best thing that ever hit the Internet at the time. You know, everyone was like, wow, free yoga classes every day. And um so I started getting some of them went viral. Like you can see some of the top videos have like one of them has almost a million views. Some of them, most of them got like over a hundred thousand. Um, and so it really spread my teaching and that was really the good thing about it. So the first 30 day O challenge, you know, it was, it went viral. And, but the interesting thing that happened was it was so overwhelming and I wasn't prepared for anything like to, to know what to do when like thousands of people are emailing me like with their, problems and their trauma and uh, asking my advice and I wasn't getting paid for it either so I was like this is 
stressing me out. It was actually like too much for me. And I did at the time I had a lot of trust issues. So I didn't even know who to trust to help. Like I didn't know how to ask for help. So I was just like, um, didn't do anything. And like people would email me, I wouldn't respond. And like people would leave comments. I never responded because it was too much. So I just shut it all off inside. And I was like, well, I'm just going to keep doing my side, which is putting it out there. But I wasn't engaging with Mm -hmm. the people. Mm -hmm. So that was my mistake that no one, no one taught me that side, like engage with the people. Don't just like put it out and then walk away. So that was in 08. And then, um, and so I got a little smarter after that, and I decided to start charging for the 30-day yoga challenge, even though it was a little bit, um, so that at least I would make some money so that I could keep doing it. And so then I, I created, like, this um, thing where they could get the diet program, and they could get a couple of extra things, and then that would be an additional fee. They could still do it for free if they only wanted the YouTube videos. But anyway, so I added this, like, bundle package, and I made, like, my first product. Nice. And then after <laughs> that, I, I made... Um, and uh, I made some DVDs. So I had all this, um, I had, since I had all those clients, I made a lot of money. So I would, um, I took the money and I put it into the production of my first DVDs. And that was really a blessing and got a lot of success because um, I had a friend at the time who worked with the Office Depot Corporate Center. And she ended up introducing me to this DVD distribution company. And they, because Office Depot distributes their software CDs and DVDs. So I got in with them. I got a contract with them and they distribute through Best Buy and Target and Walmart and all the big um, retailers. So it was, it was like this really kind of miraculous, like things that would happen like that, where it would be like, nobody around me knew anything about anything. And somehow I had my DVD selling in Target. And I was like, (laughs) you know, the only other people doing that is like Guy Am and like, like one other company that had that kind of contract. And so I'm like, this is going well, you know? (laughs) So that was the story about that, I guess. Hey, Phil here. Are you enjoying this episode? I really hope you are. And I hope you're learning to become a better online course creator. If you want to fast track your success, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and get your free trial of the full flagship program, the masterclass for online course creators. Get more information at onlinecoursemasters.com. That's awesome. I mean, so when you first started, you know, your challenge and then even up till now, are is it just kind of organic traffic that's finding your YouTube videos or finding your website and just, you know, buying your products or like for those very first sales, did you you do any promotion or was it just organic traffic coming from your video, your other videos and stuff? You know, there's there's only two ways that I've well, three ways that I've ever really gotten customers. Um, number one, referrals. I get the most people from referrals. People tell their friends. And that's been for me. And I learned that early on, too, because I was in network marketing when I was really young. And I always learned that a referral is your best customer because they automatically trust you and want what you have. And, and like, a, a, like a cold customer, someone who doesn't have that referral um, relationship, they they still got to learn to trust you. They don't even appreciate you that much yet and stuff like that. You got to like build that with them and it's a lot harder. And it's not that I don't do that because I get those people too, but I even see the difference when Mm -hmm. someone's coming from referral versus someone that's coming from like, Oh, I found you because of this other thing. So I prefer first and foremost, always referrals, but you can't grow so exponentially on referrals necessarily unless you set up a really strong system with referrals. So I did set up an affiliate system for my customers where my students 
who would um, come to my trainings or do my programs that if they refer their friend, I will give them a referral money. So Mm. I will pay, you know, Mm. um, commission. And so from the beginning, I always did that. And that was nice because it has been, you know, um, it's been successful that people, people love getting paid to refer people to something that they already believe in anyway. So that's nice. So referrals is pretty much number one. Number two is partnerships. I learned um, somewhere along the way, and actually I learned from my astrology not long ago too, that that's like a big part of my destiny in this life is partnerships in many ways. And, and when, I, when I do it, I, I really recognize it's true because, you know, we can grow so much more if we work with others. But so what I learned is, um, like as an example, I did recently I did a partnership um, with a company called Yoga Trail, as an example. And we did a contest, and it was like a free yoga teacher training giveaway, and they would enter. So we had to get, um, everyone had to enter. We had over 3,000 people enter to receive this. Um, So it was nice, because I got the 3,000 emails, you know, and then I got to follow up with them. And from them, a good amount of them have been, really interested to come and some of them have already signed up and stuff. So that was like one example of a partnership that led to, you know, getting customers and stuff. So it's like leading with a giveaway has always been a good, you know, successful approach or leading with some kind of thing where you're giving first and then the follow up with the rest of the people that obviously they were interested enough because they wanted the giveaway, but um, to see who's really interested enough that they will actually pay for it. So that's where, you know, that kind of thing has been really successful. I've done that with many different types of companies, like Spa Week was a good one. They had like 3 million um, subscribers. And so we did some giveaways with them and then got I got students through that and different types of partnerships like that. So it was like every field of people who had a, a pool of customer audience kind of waiting for me to come along and say hello. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So when you do like a partnership like that and you're doing a giveaway, how are you, are you just doing like the giveaway on your social media? Are you sending out emails to promote that? Like, how are you actually facilitating that, that giveaway? Yeah. Like for them, um, as an example, they had the email database. So just as an example, like spa week, they have an email database of 3 million. So they would email their people. It wasn't me promoting that. It's them promoting it Mm. to their people. So that's the purpose of it because I have the the product, and um and they have the audience. So Got that's it. a good complement to a giveaway, you know. And then, you know, like the other one, Yoga Trail, as an example, they had a hundred and fifty thousand. So it wasn't as many, but theirs are very targeted, um, specific yogis, which is even better. So that was like, they had a different one. different ones like that. And I've learned through the years, you know, to get more specific is really good. Like mm-hmm. three million non-yogis is not even as good as 150,000 yogis. Got if you're it. Yeah, totally. Product, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. I love that idea. So <laughs> kind of fast forwarding to today in the past couple years, I found you because your class was on Udemy and I guess it's kind of just natural for you to put together a full yoga class and to sell it on either your own platform, but also Udemy. Just really quickly, what was your story with Udemy? How did you find Udemy and how has that been a part of your your business? And where, kind of what place does that play in your business today? That's a good question. You know, Udemy found me 
and it was kind of in the beginning where they were new. They had only a half a million or less um, mm-hmm. in their their whole database. Now I think they have six or seven million. I don't know how many, maybe 10 million. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many have now, but they've grown a lot. But when they started, it was like they had less than half a million. And they contacted me because of my um, YouTube you know, yoga videos. And they saw me as a, as a creator, a content creator. And they wanted to know if I would want to build my, a course with them. And um, they were really cool because they also offered an option where I could actually embed my YouTube links in their system. So I didn't have to upload all the videos to their system, which made it really, really easy and to do it. So I, so I was like, yeah, this is good. And so I uploaded some, but like mostly I did the embed links. So there would be, you know, cause I had a lot of content. So like to transfer all those videos over is a lot of work. But if you can just do the, this other way, it was a simpler way. So I built the course. I built my first course on there was a 30 day yoga challenge, but I added in the detox diet so that it had more value. And then, um, so it was like a big course. I mean, there was 30 videos plus other content, you know, so it was like, I don't know if it was like 30 hours, I don't know, some, some amount of, a lot of video content, and so we sold the course, and originally I put it out there for $97, and we would sell, you know, and they would do the promotion, so that was a nice thing, like you, back then, excuse me, back then, because they were really aggressive in their growth stage, <laughs> yeah. they were really aggressive in their marketing as well. So they would do all these like Facebook ads, YouTube ads. They still do a lot of that too. That's how they grow so much. But I mean, I made so much money with YouTube. I mean, uh, with U- Udemy, for instance, like one month I made like $13,000 from the course, wow. on, you know, just from my royalty. And it was um, primarily because they were doing like this massively aggressive marketing. So I would get like a thousand students in a month sometimes. Um, but what was bothering me about it was two things. Number one is that they're, they're, the way that it's set up, you can't engage with your students very well. They have this course announcement option, but like nobody somehow reads that, I guess, because I will send out an announcement, one person out of 10,000 ever responds. So I'm like, these people are dead. I'm like, hello, I'm saying something important here and I'm your teacher of this course <laughs> like think if it was a regular course people would be like listening and wanting to listen to what the teacher says and respond but nobody was responding so I realized and I started to realize oh because Udemy discounts the courses so significantly in their promotional strategy sometimes you know up to 97% off so we're looking at a $97 course sometimes people are getting it between three to seven dollars so their value of the content was really, the perceived value is very low, you know, because of that. And I started to realize it was actually doing a disservice to my content mm-hmm. because even myself, I recognize when I get something for free, I'll put it on the back burner for 12 years because it's just not a big deal. But if I pay a lot of money for something, I'm going to like really look into it and like start and like care what the teacher has to say. And all that stuff. So it's like this whole concept around value, perceived value, content, um, and all that. So yeah. it started to change my perception of how I want to put my content out to the marketplace because of that. Although I was making a lot of money, it's like the Walmart approach. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, you know, Walmart sells everything for so low, but it's a lot of it's garbage. You know, yeah. so you're like, you know, you're getting a bunch of junk, but it's cheap. But I didn't want to be the Walmart yogi. You know, I wanted to be like the one that people was like really valuing it, like the Louis Vuitton yogi. You know, but they just want nobody scratches his purse. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? It's just different because the way that it's appreciated and the way that they can take the 
then from there, they can take the information in better and they can actually get more out of it and they can have a better experience, a deeper experience and transform themselves in a bigger way versus, oh, I'll just do that one day. I, I met a lot of people that said, oh, yeah, I bought your course with a bundle. There was like 10 other courses for like $12 altogether. <laughs> and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it one day probably. That was like what I was hearing a lot. And I was like, oh, I see what happened. Yeah. And I, I realized I don't want necessarily for that to happen because it's a disservice to everybody it looks like big numbers and you're making money and stuff but the the value of it was so low and so it was hard also to convert them to anything else so like if i had like a teacher training or retreat which is usually in the thousands of dollar range they're never going to go to that because they don't even value the course at 97 dollars. you know so they can't imagine paying three to seven thousand for something else so it was interesting. I did talk to Udemy recently, and they they're like um, gave me some ideas on strategy. They did say that their audience is primarily that low that low tier audience. They they don't actually that's not even their interest to have a high tier strategy because it's like they're looking at quantity, mm -hmm. which makes sense. So they, their suggestion was for me to do a, sh a smaller course, mm -hmm. less content. That way, I don't feel like I need to be so high on the values sort of spectrum mm -hmm. and then maybe like a course with eight videos or like you know six so it's like uh something in the middle so it's yeah. not like high but it's not like something that's nothing you know so yeah. so that was their suggestion and then they said that that would probably go over really well with with their audience so i realized yeah they do have a very large very specific type of customer base yeah that's what i, I got well now. it's totally true just about the quality of the student even it, kind of differently I started doing yoga a little bit just watching free videos on YouTube which is great which is like what you did you you introduced so many people to to yoga but it wasn't really until I actually started paying for classes and going to a studio where I was committed and I felt like I was getting more out of it so you know sometimes I'm not I'm not a dedicated yogi yet so I I don't really know but I feel like sometimes I'm still like, oh, well, I'm just paying for someone to like tell me what to do. I could just do the watch a YouTube video and do this. But I, I still feel like there's such quality in in going to an actual studio and paying for someone to, to teach me. So there's definitely a difference in like the Udemy student and the person who pays you. So that's really interesting. And I see on your website now you have like a membership program in terms of your online courses Aside from Udemy, is your membership program like the main way you're monetizing your, your yoga teaching online? Or is there somewhere else that you're selling your classes as well? No, I would say the largest part of my online income comes from partnerships. Mm -hmm. So it's selling the courses um, with affiliate partnerships. Mm -hmm. So as an example, Udemy is affiliate partnership, you know, so like they're selling my course to their audience and I'm making royalties from that or like um, where I was making a lot of money for a while when I first launched my new DVD series was with that distribution company. Mm -hmm. And I would make, you know, sometimes 10 to 13, 15,000 a month from that, you know, from DVDs. So I, although a lot of people believe DVDs are dead, they're not dead yet. Like there's still a huge audience of people that buy DVDs. But um, that's like that middle, you know, transition group of customers that are like baby boomers or something that like still have a DVD player and <laughs> prefer that option and something. Like that. But um, 
so there was that. And then, um, so like, for instance, I have like one of my new partners is called Daily Yoga. And they're like the largest yoga app in the world. They're based out of China. Hmm. And they, they have 30 million yoga subscribers. And so we started to launch my 30 day, day yoga challenge videos through, um, through a course on their platform. And, and then now, because their platform is interesting, they have 30 million subscribers, but of those 30 million, 27 million are Chinese speaking. Mm -hmm. And then 3 million are English speaking. So in order to reach their Chinese people, what we've done is we were proceeding to do a Chinese voiceover version. Mm -hmm. And so that will be launching in September. Nice. um, So that'll be really cool. But yeah, so like these types of partnerships where I'm getting my content, I'm leveraging the content through various outlets mm-hmm. versus getting it out to my, you know, to whoever would find me or to whoever is my audience. So I, I do both. I have, you know, getting it to my audience is one, one audience. And then I have all these affiliate audiences. And that's how I've been scaling and, and reaching different audiences, like reaching different demographics. Like I have another partnership. It's with a company called Allison.com. And they're based in the UK. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm-mm. It's A-L-I-S-O-N dot um, com. They're an online learning platform. Interestingly, how they do it is they've always done um, free. They give they give the courses for free. So the, originally what they did was they took my YouTube version of the pro- program and they just embedded it. And then so they offer this course for free. And then if people want to get a certificate at the end, they can pay like a nominal fee of like $30 or something and receive a certificate. And if they want a diploma course, which is a higher level education class, then they can um, pay a higher amount and they can do other courses and do like a diploma course, which is a more extensive learning experience. So we're going to be expanding a little bit of my partnership with them because they have over 6 million, um, actually 11 million, I think is what they said now, 11 million students you know, in this database of people who have done these courses over the years. And I've been on their platform for like since the beginning, like they approached mm-hmm. me and I kind of started on YouTube, which was like 10 years ago, but now they're growing and they're, they they want to expand more and they, they invited me to, to do more with them. So we'll probably do something, uh, in the diploma course category. Another thing that I'm working on as far as a partnership is I got approached by this really wonderful woman who has been on my newsletter for many years, I guess, and a subscriber and stuff, but she's a PhD um, professor at this um, business university in London called Warwick. And they're like, you know, a very high end business school, I guess they train like the CEO of Rolls Royce and like that kind of thing, you know, and um, but they she's really into yoga and she believes that yoga can um, transform the business environment and meditation and like kind of spirituality in general. And she wants to be like at the cutting edge of getting like this into the business, the corporate world. So she invited me to be a part of this research project with her, and then we brought in my friend who's a professor, uh, PhD professor from um, Harvard. So it's going to be Warwick and Harvard and me and doing this research about how yoga can help people to access the flow state of consciousness mm. and to be able to apply that into the corporate setting to improve you know, employee morale and health and well-being as well as creativity and also improve the bottom line of course because all of that will result into more profit so it, it'll be a good it'll be a good research because i think people will really appreciate you know that you can you can make something spiritual into also something that talks about money and that it's not contradictory you know yeah <laughs> totally so it sounds like because you've 
been around for over 10 years now. You've just been kind of doing the grind, putting out videos constantly, building your platform. People are actually reaching out to you because you have the content and that's how you kind of find partnerships. I'm curious what advice you have for someone who's not to create competition for yourself, but so I, I imagine there's a lot of people who teach yoga in person who think, oh, that'd be great if I had a YouTube channel or, oh, that'd be great if I could sell courses online. What advice do you have for them who, if they're starting today? Well, you know, actually what I started to do was I, I recognize because I, I certify yoga teachers. That's what I do at my yoga school. I train yoga teachers. So I'm always having these questions because I got all these new teachers that I'm trained. I'm training. And so I started to do these programs, of apprenticeship, which is training them on the business side. Mm. And I had my first one in Maui in May. And it was so cool. And it was like so amazing. So I, I worked with these girls and they came to my house and we lived, they lived with me. And I, every day we did yoga and stuff in the morning. And then we did business stuff in the afternoon. And, and I was teaching them how to create courses, how to create content, how to make the YouTube channel, how to do branding, how to do marketing, PR, you know, the whole spectrum of the business side of it that people don't know what to do. Like, I'm lucky because I was always into it and I went to college for it. But even outside of the college, I just continuously did a lot of um, self-study with the people that are like the masters in the different fields, you know. So I studied with like Brendan Bouchard and even Lisa Nichols and like mm -hmm. all these people, uh, Frank Kern and like all these marketing guys. And I was just into it. Part of it was because I, you know... I have a real interest in business. It's like, for me, it's fun kind of. And then on the other side, because I wanted to make a success of what I was doing. So that combination. But a lot of people don't have that background. I always tell people, I'm like, you can, you know, you can take 10 to 12 years like I did. Or actually, it's more like 15 to 20, because I kind of started even in high school. You know, but like, um, you can take 10 to 20 years or whatever. Or, you know, I think the best advice I can give anybody is get a mentor, get a teacher that will teach you how to get there. Get a teacher that's been there because that's my best advice I can give anybody. Like for me, I never had that. I, but I did have these mentors along the way. Like I had that guy and he helped me make my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple other mentors along the way. If they hadn't come along, I would still be doing the same old nothing or whatever situation because you know you need somebody that that's gonna hold your hand kind of. And that's the difference is that we all know we need to do something. It's a matter of, will we do it? And what makes the difference if you'll do it or not is whether you know what to do, having the motivation to do it. And I think the big key is having someone to do it with you. And that's why I started the apprenticeship. Cause I was like, you know, I can do it with people. And, um, we even filmed a lot of the apprenticeship. So I'm going to be turning it into an online course so that people can train, um, you know, on the business side of it. Although mm -hmm. it's a very niche, you know, obviously it's a niche, but any, any kind of industry could, could actually do the course because it's kind of broad in general in the sense of PR and marketing and like online content and how to, how to really do that side of any kind of business, whether you're, you know, a massage therapist or mm -hmm. an expert in beauty or you can be a yoga teacher. That side of it doesn't matter as much, but the, the kind of like the step-by-step -step process of how to build a full, like complete company, a business, and then get it out there. And even the partnerships and sponsorships and all of that was included in the in the apprenticeship. So that was my solution that I Got created. It. Yeah, no, that seems perfect. And I'm curious, how much were you were you charging for that group of of instructors who came to your house and was doing that program? Were you charging for that? Yeah, it was um, the same as my teacher training. So my mm -hmm. my teacher 
Because I decided it's kind of the same. It's just different content. It's the same amount of hours. It was around, it was almost, it was a little more than three weeks. Um, and they were there with me full time every day. Wow. So same program uh, cost or tuition price as my teacher training. And so it was 6500 mm-hmm. but it included the accommodations and the meals and the and like all these fun excursions because we were living in my home in Maui. So we would go to the beach and we would go and do all these fun things. And, yeah. And so it was like really like a retreat too. But Yeah, this, totally. Yeah, they were learning a lot. And, and it was so cool because the girls that did it, they learned so much. One of the girls after after 10 days said, even if I, she's like, even if I went home today, I would still feel like I got my money's worth. She's like, or more because I've learned so much and she learned so much and her whole life changed, like her whole perspective on like who she is, what she can do, like where she, how far she can go, her limitless, kind of like that consciousness of limitless um, expansion opens up when you're around someone like me because I don't really have very many limits at all in my consciousness. So I'm always like, yeah, anything is possible. And so being around that, it kind of starts to unlock that in people. And then they start to like really believe it. It's one thing Mm -hmm. to think it. It's like, yeah, everything's possible. But or read it somewhere like, oh, yeah, Instagram, everything is possible. Like, but like, do you really feel it in you? And And as a result of that, are you really living it? Because that's really the next level of that. Anything is possible, limitless expansion of your consciousness. So when they were around me, they were feeling it. and They were really getting it. And they were doing it all. Like one of the girls, she made both of them. A couple of they made websites. They made content. One of them made a whole new course, like filmed it, edited it, and even launched it. I showed her how to launch on Udemy, how to price it, like everything nice. you know like all the all the partnership stuff she started uh already organizing her first retreat with a with a friend and found the location and so it was like really cool and i love to see it because i always wondered you know can this type of thing really happen in this you know couple weeks to a month mm-hmm. and and i realized you don't even need that much time i think in the future i'm going to condense it and it'll be 10 days, like I'm doing now with I have a new teacher training option, which is 10 days live with me. And then the other um, portion will be an online course. So they'll, yeah. they'll do both. And that's, that's the direction I'm going to go with the apprenticeship. Awesome. Well, that sounds really cool. Okay, I got just a couple more questions. I really appreciate your time about this whole sort of premium retreat training in person, which is different than the online courses because it's obviously you know, you're spending your time doing it, but for that or for like an online premium training, do you have any advice for like getting those initial clients or finding the client that will pay that premium price for it? You know, it's interesting. I, I think when it comes to that, it comes down to, there's a, there's a, there's a word for it. It's called divine providence you know it's like people that want what you have they will find you you know because I don't do any marketing like I mean it's I do all this kind of promotional like partnerships and and I do social media and that's the only thing that I do like I don't buy Facebook ads I don't do I don't do YouTube ads I hardly even do YouTube anymore I need to get back a little bit into my YouTube that's what I'm planning to do but I mean it's like I'm just so busy it's hard to do all these things so I'm hiring um now a team to help me with that stuff but basically you know, like I never did marketing. It wasn't like an ad, you know, making all this ads and stuff. So it's like I, I've built it. But even from the first one, when I started to do my first teacher training, I remember I, I had this, I'm like kind of a, 
I'm a little bit of an intuitive psychic. So I get these visions. I will get these visions and I know what I need to do. So mm-hmm. this was like back in 2010 and I got this download and I was like, you need to do these teacher trainings and you're going to do it in Bali. And I had never even been to Bali before. And I was like, oh my God. But it was around the time that like Eat, Pray, Love had come out and it was like the big, you know, and, and like Eat, Pray, Love is very aligned with the yoga energy. And I just felt like, yeah, Bali. And, um, and I had no idea who was going to sign up and pay like, you know, at the time I was charging, I think only 5,000, but it was still like, but for the month and, um, Basically, I put out a, some videos on YouTube, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm doing my first teacher training. It's going to be in Bali. It's 30 days. And, you know, and I was amazed. I got 12 people to sign up. And I was, like, amazed because I had no idea who was going to come. I didn't know. I mean, I had never sold anything more than, like, a couple thousand dollars package of personal training or something. Like, that was the, the highest thing I've ever sold at the time. And so I'd never had a $5,000 ticket item. Um, but I put it out there because I just believed in it and it had nothing to do with anything about the money or anything. It was just like, I wanted, I knew I needed to do this. I mean, there was the element of the money a little bit, but it was more like, this is what I need to do. I had got the vision. I had got the message. It was like, my soul said, this was what I needed to do. I couldn't question it and say, Oh, fear or something around like, will anyone come? I didn't know. I had no idea who would come, but I just was living in a field of trust and faith and guidance. And then, like, to live in that is the only way to go. Because with that, everything always works out. But if you're, if you're like, in fear and, you know, doubt and resistance, nothing ever works out. So I learned, like, okay, you have to be in trust, faith, and guidance. And so I just put it out there, and I got 12 people the first year. And, wow. and it was miraculous, and it just kind of encouraged the continuation. And so from there, I did it every year. So this was our seventh year in Bali this year. And I've done it in different countries as well. I did it in Maui. I've done it in um, Miami. I've done it in shorter versions in many countries all over the world. And now we're expanding. And one of the next things that I'm going to be doing is creating a franchise program with my school so that mm-hmm. the, the teachers um, that, that are trained and, and that other people as well can do this business model because I think it's just such a smart business model and that it just really does serve the greater good of people. And so I want, that's how I'm intending to, you know, progress from here. Got it, man. Well, that's so awesome. I, I think my last question is maybe a little different, not really related to just the online courses and the teaching and training, but I think you'll have a good answer for this. Um, for, for anyone who's like looking for, I don't know how to put this, but guidance or trying to figure out what, what their purpose in life is. Do you have any advice for like people? Because I think I see a lot of people kind of back to the online teaching. I see a lot of people trying to get into online teaching to make some extra money, but I don't know if that's always like the right thing for them to do because it seems like they're coming at it from like that perspective of, Oh, I just want to make money. So let me create a course. So do you have any advice for, for us on, I don't know, finding our, our purpose in life? That's a huge question, but but I love that best question for me because I'm the person to ask that exactly so I, this question. <laughs> I love this question well because especially because I told you my story how I was like running and I wanted like I knew what I wanted to do it I've always been very connected though spiritually like so I get guidance but it's a different thing getting the guidance and listening to it right and following so that's the thing most people aren't because they're following the money or they're hoping they're thinking they're gonna follow the money so like you're saying, make a course because it's going to bring money. 
But that's not how you become divinely guided. Divine guidance has to come from what, is, what inside of you are you most passionate about? What brings you the most joy? What brings you to that place of peace? What, like, if you had this one thing and you didn't even get paid, what would you still do? That's how you find your purpose in life. It has nothing to do with money because the money will always follow. Like I was saying with you with yoga, like I, when I first started, I was like, no one's making any money in yoga. Like literally no one was. I mean, it was maybe like two people like Shiva Ray and Bikram. Like there was nobody making money in yoga basically when I started. But so in the beginning I was like, oh, there's no money in this. But it didn't matter because what I was doing was I was just like following my divine guidance and what felt good, what was healing me, what was, you know, nourishing my soul, what, what, what did I want to do? in my free time with my friends, you know? And I remember one time, cause I had this really crappy corporate job. It wasn't crappy, but it was like a sales job and I was really good at it. I was always really good at everything I did, but I hated it. Cause it was like this really like corporate setting with all the fluorescent lights and it was killing me sort of like inside. And I, I remember I was getting really depressed in that environment. And I asked myself, I said, what would I do if, if I, if money was not a part of the equation? And the message came to me, has something had to be do with health and fitness and serving humanity, serving humanity. And, you know, then yoga came along and it all came together and then it became very clear that it was this path. But, you know, it was interesting because, like I said in the beginning, that path looked to be very unlucrative. So I was getting into the least lucrative path and uh, moving forward with something that I had no clue if it was going to become success or not. But all I had, all I had was passion for it and a sincere desire to share it because of the love that I felt about it because I knew that it would help people so that was for me later I learned that you can learn a lot from your astrology I became very interested in astrology I started actually learned how to be an astrologer because I got so fascinated how accurate it can be so when I looked at my astrology very interestingly you would be amazed to see that my son my son is in the sixth house and that's the house of health and fitness and service mm. so my soul is the most fulfilled if i'm being of service to humanity and in a way that's spreading health and and into the world so that's where you can also learn a lot because um you know for example i have another friend he's like a very famous person and his son is in the 10th house and that's in the house of public um being a public figure and and basically just uh, fame and success and business. But it's like, if your son's in the 10th house, you're going to have the most success being in, uh, like a, a public figure, being online, you know, engaging with that type of way. You know, and there's every, every person has a different placement. So just, just as an example, um, you know, let's say I have another friend. Her, her son is in um, the 11th house. And the 11th house is the house of like kind of group energy and like, like kind of humanity as well so it's like she feels the best when she's um really in, in like leading groups and stuff mm -hmm. and so you know like these are the important things if you know yourself sometimes you can just know yourself like i knew myself before i did the astrology it just confirmed it for me but if you don't know yourself then you can sometimes learn about yourself through things like astrology but ultimately it's really knowing yourself knowing what makes you feel the most fulfilled, what, what lights you up. And then from that, then you're guided. 
So you don't just, I'm going to make an online course. Like, that's not what it's about. Your online course will get no students if it's not about something that you're interested, passionate, excited about, or aligned with on a soul level as a destiny path. Mm. But like for me, for instance, mine was yoga when I did my online Udemy courses. So of course I got like over 10,000 students. I didn't even promote the course ever. Almost never have I promoted my Udemy course. And I got over 10,000 students on it. You know, so is when you're aligned, you know, things just line up. Yeah. If you're not aligned, you can always tell because nothing's mm-hmm. lining up and nothing's, you know, there's no success flowing there. And you're like, oh, maybe there's a sign. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, when, you know, you watch a course or a video and people are just doing it for the, those other reasons and they're not aligned. And, and even I've, I've made that mistake in the past of trying to create courses on things that I'm not passionate about. And it totally just comes across in the way that it turns out. And ultimately how the students react to it and if I even get students from it. So I think that's really good advice. So yeah. thank you so much for being here. It, where Where's the best place for people to find out more about you and your courses and training uh, website or social media? Yeah, so good to meet you. Um, let's see, online I have, kind of right now I have two websites, two main websites. I have dashama.com mm-hmm. and then I have pranashama.com. So pranashama is my school and that's where uh, eventually we're going to actually be combining all of this, but, um, Pranashama has a lot of information about the, the teacher trainings and things like that. And, and then dashama.com has my membership as well as, you know, some other information and, um, my 30 day yoga challenge, like the new version that we filmed in the Maldives and stuff. So there, those are the two best. And anybody, if you want to email me, can email me at dashama at dashama.com. So that's a good way to reach me. I'm also on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter even, but I don't do Twitter that much. But um, I'm always available to be reached and I can even be emailed through those social media platforms. So I'm always happy to connect with people and help them to find their passion and their purpose and align with their soul. Perfect. Well, I'll include links to those websites and your social media at the website onlinecoursemasters.com and thank you again and i look forward to just seeing more success for you in the future thank you so much very nice to meet you best wishes to you as well